everything looks pretty much as I remember it. But, well, then it hasn't been all that long since I've been here. It just seems like years since we all had to pack up and leave the cavern. You know, checking in with my all my TCT friends on the forum is great, but... Man, I miss working with them. Well, even if we're locked out of the cavern, at least we can still get to the cleft. We decided that we just couldn't stay silent, so we arranged to meet back here at the cleft, and we'll be setting up shop again. Oh well, here we are. I wonder who's already here. <laughs> Finally, somebody's fixed the rope bridges. Anyone see my box of Donitos? Genitus again with the Donitos. Is that all you... Hey, it's Moog. Look, it's hey, Moog. Hey, oh man, Moog. I'm so glad to see you. Yeah, this is great. Just like old times again. <laughs> you bet it is. I'm so glad to see all of you guys. Oh, guys, I'm so pumped to be starting our new podcast. Well, if only... If only we could meet in the cavern instead. Uh, it just won't be the same working from here in the cleft. But... Still, we just have to do something until the cavern reopens, and you never know. Maybe we'll help bring that about. You said it, Janathus. This community's so strong, the least we can do is fan the flames for as long as we can. Hmm, I, uh, I don't see Wolfgang. Has he arrived yet? Whoa, did, did you guys just hear something? Wolfgang? You're still in that box? <laughs> Thanks. You know, you, I think you'd think I would have put air holes or something in there before I left. I've been holding my breath since they mailed me out. Must be starved. Here, have some of these Donitos. Um, I'll just relieve you of those if you don't mind. <sighs> oh, here, Wolfgang. You know I always come prepared. Have a couple of my granola bars. Thanks. All I've been eating these past few months have been old TCT strips. And my shoes. Oh, well, we just pulled up a bucket of water, too, if you're thirsty. Oh, so then, here we all are again. Guys, I got the call that we were regrouping here at the cleft, so... What are we going to do for the podcast now that we can't get to the cavern anymore? Well, I figured that the community spirit was still running high enough that we could surely find something to report on. You know, some of us are gathering in different places now that just to have some place to get together. None of these places are Uru, but we're still a community. Yeah, and then there's the Mist movie. That's some pretty big news, I think. All right, so with all those things in mind, I guess we're all figured it was time to get back together. So let me guess, we've changed our name to something like the Cavern Today Topside? Oh, I like it, I like it. So, uh, so where do we start? First, let's get all these boxes unpacked and get our equipment set up again. Fortunately, the windmill should generate enough power for our recording gear. Plus, now we've got all these rooms down here at our disposal for storage, overnighters, you name it. <laughs> yeah, apparently enough room for a refrigerator full of soda, which a certain person in this room named Sherry made me lug down. Ow, my arms. Hey, hey, Morris, don't give me that. You volunteered. We've even got Zandy's Airstream. Good thing he left it unlocked. But fellas, you're missing one thing. How are we going to get Jeff's piano down here? What? What are y'all looking at me for? Guys. Um, this is kind of freaking me out here. Yeah. 
Around the world and across the ages, you're listening to the July 2008 edition of the Cavern Today Topside, a Mist Universe fan presentation. This is Sherry, your host for this podcast. In the few short days that have led up to the release of this podcast, tragedy has struck the community once again. C.A. Grey Wolf, a member of the community who has been with Uru since the first beta of 2003, has left us to link to the perfect age. Dalkin Starbine will have more on this in our new segment. Also, our first podcast from the surface comes at a time when explorers are not able to link into Cavern to be together to support each other during this tragic time. However, the community has found new homes in other online worlds such as Second Life, There.com, World of Warcraft, and other massively multiplayer online games and communities. This month, our homes away from our cavern home is one of the topics of our roundtable chatterbox, and we'll get to TCT talk later on in the podcast. Also this month, we have a new TCT tech piece, a musical piece, and a little segment I like to call That's Just Me, of course. With that in mind, we present Podcast Topside 1, New Paths for Adventure. And now, we go to Dalkin for the news. Shura, this is Dalkin Starbine with your TCT Topside News Report. David Sweeney, more commonly known among the community as C.A. Greywolf, passed away recently, dealing another blow to the cavern community. Wolfie, as he was nicknamed, was heavily involved in the community. He was a founding member of the Guild of Greeters, and also involved in the Mysterium Committee, among his other endeavors. A list too long for this reporter to be able to give justice to. To quote Ellery from the Uru Obsession forums, however, Walk with the Maker, Wolfie. You are deeply missed. On a brighter note, the Mysteriacs continue on with their efforts to put forth a motion picture based on the Mist novel, The Book of Tiana. Recently, the animatic that was originally shown to Cyan Worlds was posted up on their site, mistmovie.com. It can be found via the link labeled the concept animatic trailer at the left-hand side of the page. In other news, the return of Uru might be closer than we think. While there's not too much to get excited about as of yet, Chogon recently posted on the Urub Session forums in response to a thread entitled, Returning to the Cavern. I quote, Dickens, I understand your sentiment in getting Uru back online, but right now your timing is not so good. We are getting closer to getting the rights issue resolved, and I know you would hate to muddy the waters before that is accomplished and prevent Uru from coming back online in a bigger way than you are proposing. So, to everyone, please don't panic yet. It's not over until the last Byro sings. Thanks, Shogun. So it looks like we're not quite off the ride yet, folks. For the Cavern Today, this is Dalkin Starbine, signing off. Next up, Janathus and Anthony are at it again, so we're proud to present another information-packed edition of TCT Tech. 
Welcome to TCT Tech. We haven't debated much in a while, and believe me, there is plenty of technical issues to debate. This time around, we're going to try to tackle the Microsoft versus Apple, PC versus Mac debate. Anthony promised he'd keep all the blows above the belt. Only, and only if you do the same. Uh, I haven't promised that. So we're going to give it a whirl. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're starting out with uh, the concept that they're evil empires. Microsoft and Apple, both evil. Yeah, but Apple's more evil. <laughs> I would uh, argue... At the, end, at the end of the day, everybody's in for the money. Exactly. I mean, that's how it true. works. Yes, that's very true. I'm in for the money, too, except I'm sorely <laughs> I mean, disappointed for Let's be time. real. So that's the only reason you were the editorial producer here? Yeah, and you guys didn't pay very much. Uh, so so anyway, how much money did you make out of it? <laughs> a whole big fat nothing. So See? I bet you went to the negative, really. That is actually true. <laughs> we won't get into that, though. <laughs> so let let us define what what's evil. Uh, Apple uh, essentially controls all all facets of your uh, experience. Uh, you can only pick certain machines, and whatever options you pick, or you can change. I think one or two things on machines. Maybe add software later on, but you don't have a lot of upfront customization. Mm -hmm. uh, they only have a certain finite number of machines they make. Uh, people have told me, well, if they made more, it would just be too confusing. Customers wouldn't know what to get. Like, God, you need to give people just a little more credit. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's like the old argument they have about two button mice being too complex for a user. Yeah. Well. Oh. So, but what makes Microsoft evil? Oh, gosh, what doesn't? <laughs> uh, every time I turn around... Uh, They've made a change to their software, which has buried the power user features deeper because, you know, no users, you know, need to know that kind of stuff. And then when they bury it deep enough, they, they just decide to disable it. Like with Office 2007, they took away my ability to remap certain keyboard functions to what I want them to be. It's okay. No one really is that anyway. Because I can find a way to get around that. Yeah. But we'll well, uh, we buried it so long ago, nobody remembers it anymore, right? You you know a company's evil when they take their computer system, chop it up, and then turn it into a legit video game console. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't see Mac doing that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. They you know, chopped up their OS and made it a phone. Yeah, well, that's true. I wouldn't doubt Mac would, would get into the gaming thing, but we'll cover that later. Uh <laughs> Oh, I, I definitely oscillate. Sometimes I think Mac is more evil. Sometimes I think PC is more evil. But I have legitimate reasons for thinking both are. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. That's that's the thing is uh, no one's perfect. <laughs> I, I don't really think that anyone I know like people keep accusing others of like having like a too strong a religious uh, <laughs> devotion to one or the other. I don't think I have either. I, I really, I, I've told Anthony a long time ago. I don't have a whole lot of brand loyalty. Like. I go to who has what I want when I want it. Well, it was definitely like that for PCs in the 90s, and now now it might be more Mac. But again, it depends on what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, this, like my, my degree involves a, a bit of a server 2003 understanding, so I can never abandon PC as a whole altogether. I have to keep an understanding throughout the years because it's going to be useful to me. Um, it would be hard to be a PC uh, server admin if you can't use a PC. <laughs> and there and there is a small matter of like the several hundred dollars worth of games that I have in a uh, CD binder somewhere. So I can never be PC-less. Uh, possibly I could be 
uh, PC box list where I could have like a, a boot camp partition on my Mac, but I still can't be without some kind of PC access. PC box list gets into an interesting discussion, maybe for another tech. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's talk about hardware and cost. This, uh, the gaming PC I have in the household that I built um, from stem to stern, the price of the whole unit is $2,700. But that's um, high-end speakers that you no longer can get, a monitor that was way too expensive at the time that I bought it, but I consider the price when I bought it five years ago to be what I paid for it. So that makes the box only about uh, $1,200, $1,300 worth of hardware just for the, the tower. Um, let's assume you build uh, a, a system as high performance now as that system was when I built it. You would sure. pay better than three thousand dollars easily yeah. for for an OEM, somebody who builds it for you. But if you build it yourself, you can save. Uh, what, what was your estimation again, Anthony? Well, for a three thousand dollar PC, probably around eight hundred dollars or so. Yeah. So, but you don't have that option yeah. with the Mac. You you like I say, you can pick certain different hardware, but you can't actually like <clears throat> build a Mac yourself. Even if you can't even like raid like Apple's supplies docs, like okay, I want this part, and this thing, and give me one of those, and one of those two, and two of those, and you, you can't. <laughs> That'd be nice. You, you can. You have a few options. You have more flexible options in the Mac Pro, but I don't know if you've looked, but the Mac Pro just to get the tower out the door is twenty eight hundred dollars. So yeah, sorry, that's at least currently beyond my means. But the Mac Pro is server grade hardware. I mean. To, so it's a workstation. Yeah, it's it well, it's a glorified server. It's fully buffered RAM, all that good stuff. I don't want buffered RAM. That slows me down. But on the flip <laughs> side, you have no control over the hardware and laptops for the most part. I mean, you can pick and that's choose true. a few things, but that's pretty much the universal across all boards. You can pick one or two video cards, different hard drives, different memory, different processor, but that's it. And whatever they send you, you're not supposed to touch. Yeah, that's what happens when things get miniaturized so much. They have to fit them all together in a tiny package. With uh, with Macs, though, with the laptops, I mean, you have the same lot no matter where you go. Mac is no exception. Um, Mac, sure. it's, it, it may be a little better, maybe a little worse, depending on your appraisal of what is better, what is worse. Um, but there's no toys around it. The, the Mac design is very uh, functional, if not elegant. Uh one important problem that I cannot stand that they, they keep doing in uh, regular PC laptops is they have the intake fan on the bottom of the machine. That kills me. Like, where is where? If you set the machine on anything like your leg, you will be blocking the intake fan. Meanwhile, your system's overheating. The the nice thing about the Apple is when you open the lid, you are opening the intake and exhaust vent that that is right under the hinge of the lid. You know, a very effective in and out right there in the back, where which is usually not blocked. Mm-hmm. If you set it on some comforter and it, it sinks in, well, <laughs> your fault for being that dumb to, to operate a laptop like that. Everyone designs around a bottom intake, so everyone still designs around a bottom and intake. It it's, takes it's, forever it's, sometimes to switch those out. It's amazing how prevalent that is, too. So uh, let's, let's touch on gaming a little bit. Uh, Macs are not completely out of the gaming realm uh, for two reasons. First off, they actually have native ports, uh, things like The Sims 2, World of Warcraft. Uh, usually the game franchise has to be big. Call of Duty 2 is on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enemy Territory, Crake Wars is on there. Some of the surprisingly more prevalent games are not making it there, like uh, the Steam, Half-Life 2, those games aren't coming to it. 
but um, Gabe Newell from Valve cites issues with uh, lack of collaborative feedback from Apple is why yeah, that's not happening. You have to keep in mind more or less the kind of people that are <clears throat> that are buying Macs are not typically those hardcore gamers. People that are buying Macs are usually like musicians, you know, artists, those kind of people. And Macs yeah, are designed if, to if they kind really of want to get into mainstream, that's one of the, the one in my opinion, one of the blockades they have to cross. And, oh absolutely. Yeah. And more than once Steve Jobs has come out at WDC WDC or Macworld and said, Oh Mac's all about gaming and he trots out some people who, you know, are kind of supporting Macs, like like Cider was being used a lot to bring some EA titles to the Mac, but it just it kind of petered out, and it's kind of silly. Like this game is the games they're bringing out are are a year or more old, and they're mm-hmm. they're costing you full price. Whereas you could buy the PC version for cheaper and just install Windows in a bootcamp partition and have pretty much the same functionality, probably even better functionality. Which is the other reason why like you're not completely out of the gaming world with a Mac, but in the same vein as with a PC, you'd have to know your hardware specs and pick your hardware appropriately. Mm-hmm. Like if you get an onboard video on the cheapest MacBook, well, you're really not going to be running the highest end games. <laughs> Apple has not really played their uh, their hand as strongly in games as they should have, and I think it's because of the dictatorship that Steve Jobs does not consider them to be a, a very strong, compelling part of the industry. But I would argue the games are the reason why we've had a lot of the hardware advances we've had in oh, yeah. the past few, few years. I mean, the video cards are definitely driven by it. Uh, the CPU is at least partially driven by it. I mean, the people buying those uh, Extreme Edition Intel CPUs are not running Excel spreadsheets on them till they go blue in no. the face. They are running games on them. But it's, it's also debatable whether like the future of PC gaming is really you know all that bright anymore. And it all depends on what happens with the console gaming industry. Yeah, but at this right now, I would say PC gaming's hands is in console gaming's. If yeah. console gaming keeps, you know, producing the games everyone expects, then yeah, PC gaming's in trouble. But if something like the Wii ends up being the uh, primary thing console gaming becomes, then you might see a renaissance in computer games. Yeah, because if, uh, as an example, World of Warcraft, which I've gotten into lately, is um, it's not it doesn't really push the hardware on your machine too hard. It actually runs pretty good on just about anything. I'm sure that's by design. And I, I was just mentioning mm-hmm. dancing. I think that's something that they should apply to more than just MMOs because the reason they're economizing for MMOs is to provide for better net transport of the data necessary to run the game. Yeah. Uh, but if they can economize other games like that, um, keep the, the design to the point that it's still appealing. Because, like, as an example, Crisis. Yeah, Crisis will run on blah, 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 hardware, super low-end stuff. But it's going to look like complete and utter crap at that setting. Yes. And who wants to play it at that? You know, and so maybe some people are kind of disappointed with the whole idea of uh, having to upgrade to that level every year, every six months, every year and a half, whatever, to, to even try to keep up with that. Which And that's why it's not on Wii. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not even possible, according to the developers, to put it on the Xbox or the PS3. Like that, that game cannot be even brought down to that level. Which, I, I was surprised. I, I figured there'd be, they'd find some way to economize, but I guess they just wrote it up way too high a spec. When you write a game and design it so that it runs on hardware specs that are two years out, 
Yeah, you know the industry, you know. <laughs> and that's just that. I think that's been one of the the fatal flaws for PC gaming is the, the keeping up with the Joneses you have to do to keep the hardware at the level to keep your system up to date, keep the hardware up to date, and able to run games. And since PCs are a very wide uh, target for uh, hackers and such, you never know when you know your several hours of hard work of full system installation and configuration can't be wiped away by a virus. So. Yeah. Well, you know, computer gaming, if they could just get it so that it settled down, you know, the heydays of computer gaming were actually mainly pre-3D graphics, back when computer game designers could rely on having a wide range of computers and not having to worry about, oh, is this graphics card fast enough? You know, yeah, it's, but it's I such, remember what they're used. To, that that's one of the things that um, if you've ever listened to like uh, GameSpy debriefings or Games for Windows radio podcasts, they are both mourning that you know PC gaming was always the the bleeding edge, the top ed top end of everything. So that you had a uh, uh, if you wanted to see the newest tech, the highest tech, that the PC was the place to go. And so that that's kind of it, I, I, I totally am, am with what you're saying, but it it's kind of lamentable if that's the way it, it's ended, going to end up playing out, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, there were days... PC gaming wasn't so picky, you know? I remember when I used to get games, and all you needed to do was look at the back and said, oh, you need a 486 and a two times speed CD-ROM. Oh, God, those were the days. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about that, but a 486 is a pretty broad range of processors. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you need a an Intel processor that runs at least this speed, a graphics card that has this much memory. Oh, we're not going to tell you that it also should have this many shaders. Yeah, but there's there's also the fact that always the minimum specs seem to be kind of a misrepresentation a lot, too, which, which furthers the the yeah. general animosity people have had towards this stuff. That's where I thought a Vista's, uh, Vista Windows Experience index number would have come in great handy. Like, that you would know, like, it, it doesn't doesn't Vista automatically generate that upon installation? Yes. Um, after you first install, it will, at the very end, run those numbers and figure them out for you. Yeah, so if you had that number available in Vista, it probably would have to figure out a way to get it to present more easily to users because it doesn't jump out at them. Uh, but well, if uh, they had it in Windows and they had it on the box, it would give yeah. a very easy way to assess whether or not you could run whatever you, you've gotten. That's a weakness that it's... I mean, if you're looking for games and you're trying to play a game, once you got it installed, if you go in the games folder, it's really easy to see, but the fact it is it doesn't go say... Exactly. Hey, here's what your experience. That should be that is. should be one of the uh, the pre-installation routines. Yeah. So on, on our uh, final thing here, this is going to be a hard debate. So I'm going to I'm going to broaden it. I was going to say Vista versus Leopard. Let's just say um, Mac versus PC as far as the operating system goes. Uh, I know so that Windows versus Mac. Yeah. So, Hello, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC. Yeah. You, oh, you, brother, <laughs> don't go into those commercials. They're so inaccurate. I think. Well. I've used Vista and XP and Tiger and Leopard. Um, I 
pretty sure, Morris, you've used XP and Tiger and Leopard. Mm -hmm. And uh, Anthony has used XP, Every version of Vista, and I, I would not be surprised that Anthony's got a copy of uh, Windows 7 that he's been playing with. <laughs> I wish. That one's not out yet. Personally, I think Vista has settled. There, there are some weaknesses that it has, but, you know, in my in my opinion, Leopard has some weaknesses too, so there's there's really, there's no perfect. It's it's like politics. It's, it's, it's usually the lesser of the evils, not the the one you go, oh, this is the one I love. <laughs> so anyway. Um, the last time people did that was Windows 95, and they quickly learned that, oh, wait, there isn't anything like perfection. <laughs> it wasn't Windows 95 the, the first OS to come with its own virus out of the box or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> but the people bought computers of 95 without computers. Well, um, so Morris, what, what's, your, uh, what's your take on... Windows versus OS X. I, I I still think the Windows ninety five had the best startup sound though. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. Seriously, I remember Windows three point one. How can you argue with Brian Eno? Come on. <laughs> well, he was the guy who composed that little jingle. Bling bling ding ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're getting into a history oh my, lesson. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, in in my experience with uh, XP and Vista, um, I love XP because of how snappy it is. Because I've got an XP box and a Vista box in the house, and the XP box is actually hardware-wise behind the Vista box. And certain things, like I click on Start, click on Games, there they are, click the game I want, boom, up. On the Vista box, I click on Start, click on Games, oh, got to think about it, wait a minute, wait, you said Games, right? Um, okay, here they are. <laughs> And and then I watch the the window pop in, and I watch the icons populate a split second behind it. It's not a big difference, but I still see it. Um, similarly, when I run the the start menu search, um, just like Spotlight, as you're typing in the results, they're coming up. But I can't like oh wait a minute, maybe I need to look a little deeper. I can't like expand that window without running the actual Explorer search. So. There's some comparisons, but it's nothing's definitive. It's all t taste based, and mm -hmm. if anyone knows anything about me, I'm particularly specific about quite a few things. Let's say I have discerning taste. Personally, I would I prefer the start menu just for the simple ease of one key type in and go. Well, I was just thinking about the whole um, the other day. Like I, I always use the the Windows R keyboard command and I type in iExplore or WinWord to launch those programs and I think the start menu search kind of grows from the logic of the people who do stuff like that but it doesn't work it will as do well the that. exact same thing it will but it but and it expands on things because like certain programs like Winamp you can't do that when you run Winamp because it's whatever programs register on an executable name level it doesn't happen there so you can you can get away with that with the Windows search but the, the thing is like I don't know if it, if you see it or it's just me or maybe I'm just too picky, but I still see that this this hiccup where it's just not it's not boom 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 and there it is. Okay, yes, yes, that came with the original indexer. I'm on to another version of the indexer than you are, oh. and it's a lot more boom 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 than the one yes. you're running. So that's that's what it, that's what's you know really turning my crank. That's one of the nice things that's been going on. With Vista, Microsoft has been a lot less focused on uh, 
we'll wait for a service pack to do everything, and they've been delivering little performance updates throughout the well, OS. I got the performance update, but I don't know about the indexer change. And oh, Mar- no, that one's still in beta. Morris, did you um, <laughs> did you see a difference between Tiger and Leopard as far as speediness? Uh, well, um, and I have used uh, Vista, and I'd say it's kind of, kind of, kind of similar to the difference between... Um, Vista and XP, but only slightly because with Leopard, you know, you start to use the 3D a little bit more. And so it's very, very, very slight. But if you're using a computer, which is, you know, not completely top like I am because I'm just using the MacBook. So it's, um, you notice just tiny, tiny bits of lag here and there, but it's not, it's not big. See, well, the one I was using originally was a, a MacBook Pro. And well, it's pro. This is not pro. Yeah, with, with a dedicated <laughs> video card. And by dedicated, I don't mean like Screamer. It was just an X1600, which in its time was not even mid-range. So uh, to, to my perceptions, it was snappier overall. Um, now that I've got a, a new MacBook Pro, uh, I can't really compare because I don't have Tiger to install. Not that I would, but um, I find certain things like I find spotlight is like putting up results much faster. The thing I've heard about OSX is that it's a journaled OS and I don't ex- exactly understand what that is. Okay, that I'll tell you what journaling is. Journaling has to do with the file system. When you have a journaled OS, what it does is it guesses at how much file space a file is going to need to grow. So it will take the files and assign them a block of space so they can grow. The journaling is a term that you, they use for how it keeps track of that. That way it doesn't need to fragment like you may have with uh, FAT32 fairly often mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent Windows NTFS. That's an interesting point. I just read lately a, a comparison between um, all the, the leading defragmenting programs out there mm-hmm. and the Windows Standard Defragmenter and XP, the one in Vista, um, Disk Keeper, and I can't remember what the other two ones were. There was no appreciable difference between any of them, whether fragmented drive or non-defragmented. So the whole concept that maybe drives don't need defragmentation, it actually has some merit. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I, and by performance, I mean like random seeks, whatever. Yeah. So, now, I could tell you on a streaming seek, you might see some improvement, though. So let, let, let's bring this down to uh, to dollars and cents. Let's, let's close this up. Morris, I'm, I'm going to put $2,000 in your hand. What are you going to buy with it? Legos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the irony. <laughs> well... The choice be mine. Um, having already <laughs> bought the laptop, the MacBook Pro, I would be getting a, an iMac. I would not build another PC. But that's mm-hmm. given my current. It's uh, a waste of two thousand dollars. Just an iMac. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with the rest of the cash? Actually, you've got? now that they have an eighty-eight hundred card in the iMac, you can spend a no, full no, two no, grand. No, no, he's, he's right though. The the new um, higher end iMacs are actually supposed to be really, really good. Like yeah, I like, hear they they come with like a terabyte of. Space now? You can get a terabyte. You can get the three gigahertz. What I'm saying is, Penrin. you should still have money left over. 
Actually, they run oh, about yeah. twenty one hundred. They're they're inexpensive and very powerful too. <clears throat> so that's that would be my choice of computer. Um, but that's also because, damn, I'm tired of building. <laughs> yeah, when I go to college, I want to pick myself up an iMac at some point. And I know I know already oh, know Anthony's solution. I would do Janae quad core SLI. I will never bother with SLI. You sure? Yes. What, what about? All right, I'm lost. SLI is where you put two video cards together, and they have they have a little little junction connected between the two, and the system can like um, separate the work between both the cards. And therefore, you might have to deal with that on the Macintosh someday, but not you, currently. You can produce higher performance overall. Actually, they do have a multi-video card solution in the Mac Pro. Ah, so they uh, have done. Yeah, up to four cards actually, but the four cards that they give you are not you can get are not high end. I know. It kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> I know. Uh, but Whatever. <laughs> but I'm, So, to go through this one more time, <laughs> Mars would get an iMac. I would get an iMac. No, Anthony he would, would get Legos. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but I, I do, would want to get an iMac because uh, I only have a laptop, but I'm in need of a desktop at some point, like especially when I go to college, so... Yeah, I'm at. Yeah, Dalkin got himself a desktop for college, got himself an HP. Oh, betrayed us. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh, he no. got and he got one of those silly hybrid integrated non integrated video cards. Oh. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh, there's yes, something there wrong is. with that. He's a gamer, he feels it. <laughs> he is he has his own choice. You oh, can let him. His own choice will be upgrading <laughs> that video card with or without my we advice. He's going to do it. Set our opinions on Integrated versus dedicated on TCT. If yeah. that's the way he rolls, then uh... he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> then he's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think he's getting much rolling out of that, though. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I would buy an unassuming case and uh, the highest end parts I could get. <laughs> Why does that have to be unassuming? Because I don't care. I use beige boxes all the time. Oh, beige. Anthony is like the okay. antithesis of Apple products. <laughs> I don't care how it looks. I just care about what's in it. <laughs> um, well, as you can see, we've gotten nowhere here, but at least we brought up some good points. So for TCT, TCT Tech, this is... Anthony. Janathus. And surprise guest, Morris. Oh, goodness. I'm surprised. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> You're so fired. <laughs> Signing off. Signing off. <laughs> Here's a fun game to play. Watch a Mac keynote and try to count how many times Steve Jobs says the words incredible. <laughs> I'll have to do that sometime. <laughs>
listening to TCT Talk, our roundtable chatterbox about the goings-on in the cavern community. Today with us, we have... Anthony. Alhan. Janathus. Morris. And me, Sherry. So, the cavern's closed. What do we talk about? Well, nothing, so... The shake up. Well, let's start this off by saying one thing. We are now topside, which... Yep. Uh, Welcome to CCT Topside. You know, we get to hang around, have uh, carry out uh, pizzas, um, anything our heart desires. We don't have to worry about, you know, just grinding on the bag of Donitos, which is good. Uh, cause, the one thing yeah. that's confusing me, though, is what's that big glowy thing up there? It, it, it's oh. glowy. I can't look at it. It hurts. It burns. What is that thing? Well, it's, it's called a ball the of sun. plasma. Oh. It's called the sun. Oh. And believe it or not, it is at the it. center of our solar system. And oh. it, it isn't just cavern dwellers who are who find that to be foreign. There's an awful lot of geeks as well. <laughs> yeah. Truth. We would know that, wouldn't we, Janathus? Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, how did you guys handle the, the final minutes, final hours? Were you guys in cavern? Were you? Did you just say, I can't do this, and did something else, and just cried? And what did you do? I'm pretty well, sure I was taking an SAT then. Okay. I was in Cavern hitting up a couple of the hoods. Um, got to my home hood at UO, spent some time in Beginner's Bevan, spent some, some time in the Watcher's Sanctuary. I did get to see a barrow in, uh, I did get to actually see a barrow appear in Kavir. So that, that kind of oh, made my day. Oh, First time I rocks. saw a live barrow in Cavern. Oh, cool. Um, Janathus, where were you? Well, see, I, I do have some strong feelings about this. Like, I, I kind of felt that the incarnation of Uru we ended up with in, in Mist Online Uru Live was, for lack of a better phrase, unworthy. Not to say that I was like glad to see it go. I wanted to, to see it improved, but um, every time I went in, I could only stay for a few minutes before like the lag or the performance or the glitches. It just pushed me to a point where I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I've, I've got other games that run just fine. I'm going to go play them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what happened with me is I was actually in the TMP hood. I actually was there when everything went down. I was actually holding Susie's hand, which was nice. And June and in all of the people and Talos and Dr. Artemisia, there was a lot of folks in our, um, in our hood, but you know, there was a lot of, uh, stuff. And it was really, really cool. And uh, as soon as the cavern closed, we went straight over into there.com. And uh, there was a lot of people who grouped up there. And what was nice about when we got to there.com, there was a lot of Therians who showed up to lend their support. There were actually people who got a day pass to come over to Cavern to be there when it closed down and then to be there for us when we reached there.com. So it was a very nice way of transitioning to go from having cavern and then having nothing of cavern but then we moved over into there and there were all kinds of things from cavern there was you know the uh, talos built this beautiful uh rocket ship the one from uh, stone ship there was the clock tower from mist there and uh channel wood there's a representation of channel wood and there were all these wonderful things somebody even built anone where they're, they actually modeled 3D little quabs. They don't move. They look kind of blocky. But, you know, you see the quabs, the clock, all these little things that really make it so it didn't feel like you were losing that much. It was just a continuation of business as usual. So it, that was... Mars back. Mars, you there? Yes, we have yeah, Mars yeah. back. Okay. okay. I am 
And let me tell you something. Now that we're in the cleft, right? This one, Sherry, this one had me lugging boxes of soda. <laughs> okay? Into the little rooms, okay? My arms are so sore. I don't oh. think you people... Janae just killed the vending machine last time. You should know more as Mr. Chainsaw. You're the one who gave it to him. Anyway. (laughs) So serves you right. (laughs) Serves you right. You know? Gotta call up the Donitos people. Gotta call up Frito-Lay and have them send out more Donitos for our new vending machine. You know? And it's kind of of funny thing. I bet you if you asked Anthony, he'd be like, who put a chainsaw in Janae's hands? Dear God, help us (laughs) all. Is there any other thoughts on the ending? Helhan, maybe? Um, no thoughts. Not too much to add to what she did. Um, like I said, I spent a lot of time hopping hoods. I spent a lot of, uh, I spent quite a bit of time with some of my friends, my, some of my closest ca- friends in Cavern, Ty and, uh, and Dalkin. And, and that was just nice, connecting with people that I hadn't seen in ages. Spent, spent time, ended in the Watcher's Sanctuary, met a lot of really old friends there, listening to, uh, to audio feeds coming over iTunes, actually, that were connected to what people were doing in the cavern. But uh, yeah. then, it, I mean, it ended with, uh, with with a bunch of friends in Watcher Sanctuary. There are probably, uh, like Sherry said, probably only about 20 of us in there. Just kind of, you know, saying our farewells to our buddies' lists, our, uh, our friends' lists. Um, and that, uh, within the last, I want to say the last minute or two, uh, Rand Miller did actually try to link into the cavern, and it he didn't. By the sound of it, he never actually got in, but uh, he he was there for us uh, on the last day. So, yeah. what about you, Ant? Yeah. I spent most of my time uh, prepping for our transition period <laughs> for TCT. Actually, that actually that was keeping me pretty busy at that point in time. Do you mean with the uh, the site and everything? The site. Uh, I was working on that XML stuff, and there was uh, figuring out what we were going to be doing afterwards. Mm. Mm. figuring out who was sticking around and all so you know maybe our listeners would like to know about this site hack we've kind of had recently i don't know but that that might be worth mentioning really quick uh Um, what happened because you guys never even told me what happened we were under attack and we weren't we weren't sure what the problem was Uh, anthony said it was an injection attack it was an attack using our cute news so basically, someone figured out how to punch a hole in the cute news program we use in the PHP and mm-hmm. inject some files onto the server. And the and cute news, there, like they were able to rip it open further on the main page. All the news stuff that was right below the main picture of the podcast that was from Cute News. Mm-hmm. That's why it's not there now. Okay. Right. And so we sealed that hole off until we can get something a little more secure. But in the meantime. They must have put themselves a back door in because we, we continue to have problems. And so yeah, I'm, I'm relatively sure we have that cleared up now. Yeah, well, the move between servers, and then we went to Anthony actually rewrote the entire front page with different mm-hmm. code. So mm-hmm. it looks exactly the same, but it's mm-hmm. entirely different code. And that mm-hmm. seems to have shut off the door, and then we cleared the files off the, the server, and so we seem to be good from stem to stern now. Okay, well, thank you, Anthony, for all that hard work. Really, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. But, uh, okay, well, are we, uh, are we ready to uh, move on to our next point? Yes. Um, Other worlds! Yeah, I think it's important to, uh, to note that, like, for some of us, this is not really a replacement to Uru. It's not, 
it's not like we're saying this is where we want to go instead of a route. It's just where we have gone. We haven't taken yeah. the time to like evaluate all the various worlds. Like I haven't hit level 70 in World of Warcraft, so I don't know if this is exactly what anyone would enjoy. Yeah. But this is what we have chosen to go through in, in lieu of Uru's end. Well, I think it's also in the vein of uh, just uh, community cohesion. We go places because we are sticking with our friends. So that way we have that common ground still. And, you know, I think that it's important that, you know, if we have moved, you know, made a move to another online world, it's important for people to know where they can find you. Um, I'm going to be bringing news to you from there.com and from World of Warcraft. Uh, what, who else uh, has got news from other worlds? Oh, I've got news from other worlds. So, uh, <laughs> well, uh, which ones? Uh, oh, uh, it's a lovely world I like to call the real world. Okay, you got yourself <laughs> uh, a first what life. Is this? You that's, go. That's, uh, no, no, no. That's 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 what I had to do. Um, you know, I I, I stopped doing uh, missed online right because it shut down. So I went to this place called the real world, and I'm not liking it so much. <laughs> yeah, it, it you know there's con- <laughs> there are connection problems there, and I think we've all experienced that. But I'm glad you got yourself a first life, Morris. I'm I'm very proud of you. Um, so uh, what about you, Ahan? Um, I've jumped into the world of Tyria. Uh, I've been playing Guild Wars quite often, and I've got some mm. expansions. And I've also okay. jumped into the Ubiquitous Kingdom in the game of uh, Kingdom of Loathing. And if you've never played it and you want to try it out, you're definitely in for an experience. Because nowhere else do your main classes end up being seal clubbers, pasta mancers, accordion thieves, and disco bandits. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. I believe I have a friend who's an avid Kingdom of Loathing player, a friend of mine. Well, I'll start with news from there.com. Uh, there.com, um, if you want to go there, if that is what your heart desires, you'll find that there.com is a social world and that you'll find that the Miss community, uh, the Uru community inside there is wonderfully expansive. You can visit um, a place called Shora. What you want to do is if you go into there on a trial, you're going to look for an island called Malahini. And that is, uh, you'll, you'll find it on the map. You go to Malahini Island, and you will find Shora, Shora Bashemti. There's also another uh, neighborhood that's owned by Misty. And uh, you can go over there, and you can see representations of Anone. You can see Stone Ship. You can see Channelwood. And Misty, let's give props to Missy and JMB3321. Uh, those two girls, had, that's Jeannie. Uh, Misty and Jeannie have been working really, really hard on developing, and so has Talos. And if you guys remember a name from way, way back, his name is Mayandi. He is from Germany. He's a part of the German community. Um, they are working really, really hard to bring our culture into kind of mainstream consciousness. And uh, it's a lot of fun. You can race buggies. Uh, you can do all kinds of things with vehicles. There's nothing that's going to eat you. Solely a uh, social world. But watch your pocketbooks, folks. 
watch your pocketbook because one t-shirt will cost you three real dollars. A vehicle will cost you 11 real dollars. So be careful. Use your budgeting. Use your common sense when it comes to money if you go into there because it is expensive. Yes, you'll get $25 and you'll pay $25 and it's a lifetime membership. But let me tell you, that's where the nickel and diamond starts. So just be aware of that. There is a developer program if you want to make some T-bucks back, but don't count on your stuff selling. Friday nights, they do a uh, cross-country race where you'll see uh, the Euro community coming out with, they will donate the prizes for it, but there'll also be racers in it. So look for uh, uh, Uruites such as Natika. She goes under the name Nima. You look for um, Talos. You look for uh, Cass. You look for Nima. Uh, at two with two E's and E E M A, and you will see some names that you definitely definitely recognize, and that's the news from there dot com. And do we have any second lifers? Um, I don't think any serious ones. I've dabbled in it, but I didn't really enjoy the little bit I did. So I'm probably I, I'm, a lot of people would disagree with me. So I'm probably not the best representation on that. Believe it or not, there is somebody from uh, TCT. Somebody who likes to sit in the background a lot, but who has definitely found a home over in Second Life, Supergram. Yes. You'll find Supergram and some of uh, her folks. You'll find them in Second Life. I have no idea how to get a hold of them, but I do know that if you drop a uh, PM to Supergram through the Cavern Today forums, www.caverntoday.org slash forum. You go there and uh, drop uh, Supergram a PM. I'm sure she'll tell you where to find her. And she's, you know, wonderful lady. What? Have you ever been a cruise director before? No, I haven't, but I'm trying to get everybody nice and situated. You know, it's like let them know where to go because this is, if, you know, this is the transition. If you've left the seat empty, please scoot together. There, the theater is sold out please let these people sit down over here <laughs> no, no 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 please make sure your seat backs are upright and your tray table stowed as we are coming in for a landing anyway but uh, hey dude i'm just trying to be informative and be very very you know and you're doing a wonderful just, job that's hence my question okay Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, you shut up now. All right, now. <laughs> thank you, thank you, shut up. <laughs> okay, uh, what was this about Guild Wars, Alhan? Um, yeah, uh, me and Anthony are both uh, big Guild Wars players. I, my, uh, my main character is a level 20 um, dervish out of Ilona, and I'm basically finishing up Eye of the North right now. And mm-hmm. doing bits and pieces in uh, to clean up a few missions and factions. Anthony, where are you? Uh, who, who I'm are you everywhere. Still, you're everywhere. But who are you playing with a lot lately? Uh, currently, I play with an elementalist a fair bit, but I also have a level twenty paragon who I finished uh, Nightfall with. I've finished all the campaigns with my uh, elementalist though. So um, I've done just about everything there is. <laughs> the uh, let's talk a little bit about Guild Wars. Guild Wars is a a good MMO game if you don't if you abhor monthly fees you just buy the box and you can play. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, personally, and, I think it's uh, something like you might say in between a regular MMO and a single player RPG. You might yeah. think somewhere like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It, it's really a single player RPG where if you want, you can bring friends along, and it actually does help quite a bit. I think. Well, but, it, uh, but you always have to have somebody in your party, so it's. It's designed for multiple people to be there. Yeah, yeah, but there are a lot of single-player RPGs that are like that. Yeah, maybe Knights of the Old Republic. 
Oh, awesome yeah. series. Yeah. And just about every Final Fantasy game known to man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, believe it or not, I heard news that uh, Stargate is going to beta soon. Oh, so, yes. I'm uh, to get into that one. That. Yep, and that's going to be really, really exciting, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of folks. I have seen a lot of people from Cavern over at the Stargate Worlds forums. Um, we, You might recognize someone who is a community manager over there, none other than the one and only Katie. And if you guys played Prologue, if you were there back in the early days, this is the same Katie that you know and love. She was uh, founder of the DLA, the Denis League of Activities. Really, really fantastic woman. If I could name, you know, my my top favorite community managers, Katie and Random are my top two. Those two are mm-hmm. awesome. And uh, Katie is over at Stargate Worlds. So you are mm-hmm. among friends if you decide to uh, go and participate in their forums and everything like that. So... You know, take keep that in mind um, as another outlet or avenue because Stargate looks like it's really going to be good. Yeah, yeah. I'm a lot of so. us, uh, <laughs> a lot of us ca- uh, cavern explorers who are self-professing sci-fi geeks, uh, we really they really flock to Stargate Worlds, especially with um, the shortcomings that Star Wars Galaxies has had and the dis- and the pretty much the cancellation of uh, Star Trek. Star Trek. So yeah. um, it, it's really kind of become the one thing that those of us who are sci-fi fans and don't want to get deep into the politics of EVE Online. Um, we're really looking forward for this one. There's a, there's a rumor that Bioware, who made the nice Old Republic Star Wars games, mm-hmm. or Star Wars games, they didn't make the second one, but that they might be doing an MMO based on that universe. Oh, yes. very nice. Big rumor. Yeah. And that there's also... My character is going to be an HK series droid, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. With everyone's a meat not bag. Not a T3? No, of course not. I'm an HK. <laughs> I'd rather shoot you. <laughs> and there's also a big rumor that it's going to be heavily story based, so that would be interesting for him. That would be too. good because that's the thing that I don't, that I like about Guild Wars that I don't seem to see in World of Warcraft. Now I, I haven't played it, and I, it's mostly just what I'm hearing from friends and stuff. But World of Warcraft seems a lot more focused on uh, getting to level 70, getting the epic loot, and then just killing the last guy. While playing Guild Wars, you get to level 20, and you get your you get your best armor around level 15. And you get uh, and you get to level twenty fast enough that after that point, it's not so much getting good stuff as it is completing the story and finishing off the bad guy. Yeah, any uh, that's, that's any gear changes you have after that is usually just uh, cosmetic. Yeah, yep, it's just purely cosmetic. cosmetic. <laughs> yeah, well, you just said the three magic words: World of Warcraft. Okay. Uh... Janathus and Janathus and I are two wonderful <laughs> little night elves. Um, Janathus, do you want to go first? Because I've got yeah. some, some yeah. bigger news. I, I know you've got bigger guns than I do, yeah, so let me I've start got, off. Got <laughs> much bigger guns. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh, Janathus, weakling. <laughs> I, I gave a World of Warcraft a, a, a try. I did the ten day trial, and not even a week in, I'm like, okay, I am going to get World of Warcraft. I started in the Night Elf area. I loved the Night Elf area. It's it's very like if you like the the part in Lord of the Rings when they're in Lothlorien in the first movie, you'll like the Night Elf area. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I and I was enjoying how you can how much how far you can wander. Like if if you stay on the road in World of Warcraft, you can actually pretty much go anywhere you want to. Mm-hmm. If you're just careful not to aggro bad guys, but 
Um, so there's that. So I, I get a lot of like there's times when I go to areas that I know I don't need to, but I can mm-hmm. explore. I just want to see what's over there because you have this huge continent, this long, never ending, keep on walking continent. So I'm loving that about it. I can I can play solo. I have no problems picking up pickup groups. I find I find people for the most part to be pretty friendly, um, unless you get into dueling other people a whole lot. And there's a lot of smack talk surrounding that. I'm not big on that. No, neither am I. Um, I actually I, I dueled someone the other day, and I knew I could beat him, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is at saying something for a druid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I, 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 as soon as he threw down, I, I, I just like, okay, I got to throw this battle. I got to do this. I, just, like, I, I quickly ran out what I had to do, and it worked. And by the end, when we were done, at when he, I think he, he did something, and he stopped the match because he was so low on health. Because mm-hmm. he, he kneeled. Because usually I always see people like c- collapsing in the end of a duel. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, after it was done, I threw my biggest heal charm on him and it healed him right back up. And so we talked for a while after that. So it's like it's it, it was just a friendly competition. It wasn't, you know, smack, smack, pwn those noobs. It wasn't anything like that. Well, from my experience, there's there's so much to wow. Like there's there's I'm, there are facets of wow I know I'm not going to touch very much. Like I don't even know what it's like if you're on a role play server, mm-hmm. a realm role play realm. And they're not very popular according to the list. But mm, they're not. But I, the thing, the thing that turned me off is that we have very stringent rules about character code, conduct, behavior on there. And I said, I mean, if I don't use enough these and thous, I get thrown out. Um, <laughs> I was on an RP server to start with. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I do know that there are rules on naming, and there are rules on names of guilt when it comes to being on an RP server. Uh, when you're on a normal server, anything goes. So. Anyway, go on, Janathus. I'm on a normal server, and normal means you can be PvP, but you don't have to be PvP, whereas they have PvP servers where everyone's PvP, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be on a PvP server because I don't want to be just, like, have some level 70 crash down on me because I'm lower and take all my junk, so that doesn't interest me. So I like you've got to actually turn on your PvP flag to, to become active or accept a duel request. Otherwise, you don't fight players. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that idea because mm-hmm. that gives me complete control over how much I, I go into that kind of thing. Just like in Guild Wars, in order to do um, player versus player or guild versus guild, you actually go into those areas to set up a match. It doesn't just happen to you. Well, yeah, and uh, World of Warcraft also has what are called battlegrounds. And uh, Susie from uh, TMP is huge on one called Alterac Valley, and we call it AV. And she's huge in AV. And that is what you do when you want to go PvPing. You go to a battleground, or you go and you have an arena team, and you go into battle that way. You know, it's, you know, the PvP aspect, I mean, you find people that are just not nice, and th- and they go in there to PvP to get out their malicious tendencies, which I'd rather much rather having them doing it in a, in a video game than going out and robbing a convenience store or beating up someone or, or something else like that. But either way, you don't want to be on the receiving end of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's on most servers, and unless you're on a PvP server... I mean, PvP is entirely optional. You don't have to. And that is what a lot of people, I think, don't understand. I think it's just they think they're going to get in there and all of a sudden start getting beaten on. And that's not the case. But go on, Janathus. I'm still, I'm only level 35 and I don't know all kinds of stuff. 
there's all kinds of lingo being thrown around by people, abbreviation stuff that I don't get. Which ones? I, I, uh, like DM. I think that's the Dead Minds. Now that yep, I've not that actually Dead Minds been yeah. there, um, but one a couple of things I'll point out that I think are important considerations for people who might consider WoW. <coughs> um, you have a ten day trial that you can have for both the, the the base game and the Burning Crusade. So you can you can give them both. You can, you have to get separate codes. So it takes a minute, but and the download if if that's the only way you can get the the game is going to take a little while as well. But um, important things to note are things like uh, in Guild Wars, doesn't matter where people start the game, you can always meet up with them. In World of Warcraft, if you're on a realm, you're on that realm. The only way to change realms is to pay a twenty five dollar fee or start have- a new tune. And have your character moved, but you have to be twenty or greater. Yeah, even, or you can I, start a new tune. Yeah, when I found out the whole, you know, pay the, the twenty five dollar fee, and they said, "Well, you're not eligible because you're not about level twenty. You can, why don't you just start a new tune?" I'm like, I don't think you understand. I don't have that kind of patience to do this all over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to move this tune. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one of the things I'm not really good at, like doing all these various characters. Like, I, like all this time I spent to just get thirty five, I'm like, Phew, I can't even think of doing this again. You know, and Janetha, that is a problem that I'm dealing with right now. I have, and we we talked about this on a previous uh, TCT talk about my level 70 Night Elf. And my level 70 Night Elf, if you guys don't know, has a beautiful name. It's Relima, which, of course, being of the Mist Universe, you know that that means the Unseen. They were also slaves in Terrani that were also called the Relima. And uh, believe it or not, I uh, actually looked up into some lore, and the Relima were actually uh, the uh, secret police to one of the kings inside the history of Dunny. So I thought that was very Actually, very many wonderful. of the kings. Yeah, and uh, they were the ones that put the, put an end to one of the uh, the Pento Wars. And anyway, so I really liked that name because I thought it was really beautiful. And on top of that, my uh, uh, my night elf has a um, racial trait, and it's called uh, Shadow Meld. And I can actually go invisible, or I can you know dim my character so that way I am unseen. So it was very very interesting. And being, you know, that I have my 70 Night Elf, I have gone back and I've tried a hunter. I have tried the priest, the warlock, all those fun things. And it's very difficult unless you have a very strong interest in the class to actually, you know, because I went from zero to 70 in four months, which is very, very fast. And it was very It's like a car or something. (laughs) You do. It was basically that. It was, you know, I'm. My husband always calls me a Ferrari because I am very high performance, and so. What's peculiar about that is that Janathus, you're absolutely right. After you get to seventy, you're like, oh my god, I don't want to do that again. But I know plenty of people because I've moved to another realm, and I met up with a guild by the name of Erotanti. Erotanti, give me a definition, boys. What's Erotanti mean? Oh, otherworlders, right? Bookworlder. That's right. It means bookworlder. And Erotanti can have multiple meanings, which it could be bookworlder or someone who is lesser or an outsider. 
and one of my very closest and dearest friends inside this guild who really kind of, he, he absolutely took me under his wing because, you know, I leveled from zero to 70 in four months and uh, I'll drop names. Uh, he is a hunter by the name of Eliana. Ellie really took me under his wing and it's really funny because I got to where I got when I was on Samuel Cartel all on my own. What was so remarkable about my friend Ellie is that he had never played Uru. But he looked at me and he goes, so you're unseen? And I was like, and my mind just stopped. And I was like, what? How does he know this? And I'm like, were you an Uru? He goes, no. He goes, but I read, the, I read all the mist books. I was like, oh, yeah. And it's really funny. Half the people that are in Erotanti, some of them have been in Cavern. Like, you know, you'll know the famous names of Jurl and... Uh, um, there are people from the old uh, prologue that are in this guild, and it was so funny because I was not expecting – because most of them I had spoken to really didn't understand the Mist Universe. They had heard of the game, yes, but they were really not in the Mist Universe. And then all of a sudden, someone out of nowhere goes – they know what my name meant. And I was like, holy smokes, there are names like Devokan. My hunter's – okay, I have a hunter. My hunter has a cat named Viovis. Okay, <laughs> I named my pet Viovis. I was like, "You want to go kill something? Go, my little young friend, go!" <laughs> but you know, it was oh, really brother. fascinating to me. It was really fascinating to me that someone who hadn't partaken in cavern life could understand canon so well. And you know, we've had long discussions about Viovis, Agaris, Swarnir, and and all the the seven deadly sins that go that are in bright illumination inside the canon. And I'm just having these fantastic conversations with these people. I mean, there's a tune inside that guild named Devokan. Which Devokan, of course, means hope or rebirth. And it's really funny because you see these names that are so familiar. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's from Cavern, that's from Cavern, that's from Cavern, that's from Cavern. You know, and you just go down the list of all these names. And it's so wonderful because now I'm at a point where I've switched realms that I was at the top of the feeding chart. I was on, on top of the, the, the food chain in, on my old server. Now I'm at the bottom again, and I'm learning again. And you have people who want to teach you, who are sharing this knowledge with you. Instead of you having to fumble through it on your own, you're gaining you know, their experience on top of it, which is a result of this fantastic communication with these people who share this missed universe type of ethic. So it is possible. I really honestly think. I mean, I, I have to give props to, of course, Ellie, and I have to give props to uh, a young man named Galafail and um, Cragen and, uh, of course, Jurl and Katie. Um, I have to give props to all of them because they are so fantastic and they made my gaming experience that much more for having the same type of, of mindset and saying, okay, well, you got yourself this far. Now we're going to help you grow further. So in all things, I think that you know, the transition for me from cavern life, I did not have to give up my moral center to get to go into another online world. I didn't have to give that up where I felt like I had to sell my soul in there.com. So I think that it's very remarkable 
I think that World of Warcraft, it can bring out the best in people, and I think it can well, bring out the worst. But I think you, have, you have a lot of community stalwarts for, for your, uh, in your guild, and I mm-hmm. don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, and, I, and my whole point being that uh, in my affiliations uh, with a pickup group or just with random people in World of Warcraft, yeah. aside from you know the occasional duel request, I really did, have not run into any situations that have been um, unpleasant, untenable. Um, we're all there because the common goal to level up is common amongst all of the tunes or yeah. to quest. You, you, it's very easy to find someone like-minded in World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. So, um, the thing I always thought that that I was going to have problems with it was, uh, you know, it just, it just seems like that people in these online games would be a little more abrasive or a little too much lead speak or all of that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I'm not so much discovering all that. Well, I think that you'll find boneheads everywhere. You know, we had them in Cavern. We had them in there. We had them in multitudes in there, But in my experience. But, you know, it, they're everywhere where you find that, that unwanted element. But it's also a part of, you know, how you choose your friends. You remember the Choose Your Own Adventure books? We were yes. kids. Yes. Come on, Alhan, Anthony. Oh yeah, Morris, I remember those. Ones. Remember those? Mm-hmm. The ones where it's... you flip through the pages and you decided which direction to go. Yes, it, that is exactly like what WoW does. You choose your own adventure. You choose which quest chains you're going to do. Yeah, like it surprised me. Like Sherry's like, well, I didn't go to Duskwood. I'm like, what? How do you not go to Duskwood? You have quests to take you there. I skipped well, she, Duskwood. She, she, she didn't. She didn't follow those quest. That quest line. No, and and I chose the fact because hello, Duskwood is filled with spiders. You what? would have you wouldn't have enjoyed uh, Guild Wars because in Guild Wars the spiders will just pop out of the trees. Hello, here we are. Ah, are. no, walking along, having a good day. <laughs> no, 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 no. Spider, killing spiders is very oddly, uh, you know, therapeutic. Mm, mm, mm. No, it's not. It is just absolutely <laughs> get it off me, get it off me. And, they, and, and everybody is hearing because we're all on, on in-game voice chat because it has in-game voice chat. And I'm like, oh my god, no! Oh my god, get it away, get it away, get it away! And I'm, I'm freaking out. What? I'm not quite that bad, but I, I do, oh. like, I've, one day I was watching TV in my room. Yeah. And, uh, I had I was laying on my arm and a spider came down from the ceiling and landed on my arm and he's crawling up my arm towards my face. Just a house spider, not venomous, not a thing. I was just like, ah! I got him off me, killed him, because, you know, he, he, how dare he crawl me, therefore he must die. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Go on. But, but then after that, like, all the slightest little, like, if, I, if a hair on my arm slightly changed, <gasps> oh, it's just the hair, just the wind, not a yeah. spider. And so, like, like you, you get, like, you know, Why my, do you people fear spiders? One of my friend calls the heebie-jeebies, so you start thinking, like, everything. Oh, yeah. Ugh. It's, it, dude, I nearly it's, lost a toe to a spider, and I'm not afraid of spiders. Ugh, I am dead, deathly afraid of them. Dude, it's just one of those things. It's a phobia in life. Some people like, don't like snakes, but I can, I can, I, mm. in my life, I have held a, a nine-foot-long Burmese python and put it over my shoulder. You know, It's no big deal to me. I'm fine with snakes. But there you see Indiana Jones in the first Indiana Jones movie going, Jacques, Jacques, there's a giant snake in the plane. I hate snakes. You know? How about and, in the second one? Where um, 
the woman has to reach into the slot where like oh, all the, the dinner bugs scene. are crawling everywhere. Oh my Dude, god! Okay, do we want listeners next time? Let's skip the, <laughs> let's skip the insects. Let's skip the insects. Just go around them all together. But Janathus, to answer your question, that is why I did not do duskwood. Is because I had already leveled past the point where I didn't need to go into duskwood. So I you're only so you're not through. doing exodar. I take it. Exodar? Yeah, of course. I, I mean, I did all of... Uh, oh, no, there's just that one area on Blood Mist Isle yes. that is back in the back that has the spiders, and I didn't do that. Spiders on top of spiders on top of spiders. Yeah, they are, there are, and I skipped it because yeah, you don't if, have to do everything. I, I'm high enough to like not aggro them, mm-hmm. at least most of them. Um, mm-hmm. But if you aggro one, because I just thought I'd give it a whirl see how tough they were. I yeah. aggroed like six of them. <laughs> okay, yeah, wait. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I was joking. <laughs> really? <laughs> but yeah, and you're going, Rally, where the heck are you with your 70? Come and kill all these things. And, you know, but that's World of Warcraft. We you will have, have to roll on soon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we need to move on because we still have to talk about the Mist movie. Um, Which Sherry knows something about. I, I know nothing curious. about the Mist movie. I want you guys to tell me all about the Mist Al movie. Alhan is our official correspondent with the Mist movie people, so I think he should tell us everything. Well, first of all, um, a few new updates, since, because I know we talked about it last time on TCT. Um, first of all, I want to say half of their um, presentation to Cyan has been released. It's the live-action part where they're describing kind of what they want to do and how they did it. Um, you can find it on MissMovie.com in, if you click Videos on the left bar of their uh, website. Also, um, two bits of the script have also been released, two little story scenes. Uh, you can find that in the downloads, uh, on the downloads page. Um, very short PDFs, so you have to have Adobe Reader, which most everyone has these days. But it's just a little or preview insight. on a Mac. Mm-hmm. Or, or, yeah, preview works. But it's just a little um, insight into kind of how the writing's going, and there's been a couple, it feels very accurate to uh, um, Book of Tiana. And in, in case you didn't know, it is being officially based on Book of Tiana. It is in oh, action. okay. And um, uh, they re- just uh, today, they actually posted a, a news article about an interview they did with a popular gaming site, OneUp.com. And it's um, it basically, basically, it's a real interesting article. Not too much new that we didn't know before. Um, the blog isn't so much revealing as it is talking about the creative process, kind of a personal blog. It's really good. In, the only thing we, re- we really found out in the one-up interview was that within the next few weeks they would be releasing the animatic, the actual animation that was um, and, and the concept art that was used for it. And they've mentioned as much in the site, so if you've been following the site, you, you probably know that already. But um, I can't remember his name, but they actually did have concept artists I think his name was John Howe from the Lord of the Rings saga working on this. They have other concept artists who have done popular franchises, Jurassic Park, uh, Independence Day, uh, a bunch of other really high-end stuff that's been appearing within the last 10, 15 years. And right now, it doesn't sound like they have any official financial backers, and the script's about two-thirds done. But they have been looking around. Cyan has, while not providing them financial backing, it has been looking into uh, looking into actors and um I'm not actors, but it's been looking into uh, the Hollywood side of it a little bit more. So, um, and also they hate Uwe Boll, which all of us who are gamers and know who he is hate him also. But uh, who? Oh yes. <laughs> Who's this? He's making all He's these terrible. The ultimate ruiner of video game movies. Okay. Yeah. 
like the Dungeon Siege uh, in the Name of the King movie. My sister rented that, and I said, oh, have fun. She's like, what do you mean? He's like, that's one of those U-Bull movies. And she 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 said she had to shut it off halfway through. She said, it was so terrible. I'm like, I know. Uh, the guy's also just a jerk. Oh, yeah, and he, he is so unapologetic about it, too. He, he does he, like, not care. Did someone up movies. once or something? He, he has uh, challenged Michael Bay to a boxing match in September, actually, in a very funny YouTube video. Oh, so, goodness. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she's very controversial. Oh, brother. But back on uh, Missed Movie, um, you, uh, if you really want to read it through, they have a full archive dating all the way back to 1994, and then uh, they have their first post in 94, and then they have ser- um, their more serious posts from about 2002, 2003 on. And especially in around 2004 and 2005 is when it really started taking off. Um, it Back then, it chronicles kind of as they were forming the idea, the decision to actually go ahead with this project, um, a, a bunch of the personal tragedies that the filmmakers went through while in the process of this. And if you look at the later entries, a lot more of it is on, um, is on the community itself. They gave TCT a plug after hearing us talking about it one or two podcasts ago. Um, so thanks a lot, guys, if you're listening. And um, we still want really to talk. <laughs> it, it's really been an interesting view into the lives of a couple of filmmakers in the very early stages. Because uh, when when movies come out and you get the documentaries on the DVDs and stuff, you never actually see the very earliest stages. And here we're, we're not only seeing it, we're pretty much living it because these guys are bearing their souls to us, the fans, while um, while talking, while writing, and uh, slaving over this project. And it, it's really been uh, it, it's really been a ride. It's what's kept me in this since the cavern closed. Because other than this movie, I haven't been paying too much attention. I was going to move us on to the, to another point. Are, are we okay with with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go on. Yep. About, about go the for it. about the uh, user created content. Uh, I just wanted to share some some of the information I have found out lately. I don't know if the users know, or I don't know if all of us know. Cyan has had let slip that they wanted to allow user created content. But that that then they they they'd stop there. Mm-hmm. Well, we already knew that. We already we we've already had that much information. The latest bit of information it didn't it was not directly disseminated to the community. It was done through an interview to a newspaper, I believe, where Rand said that Turner has the rights to Uru through 2010. So unless Turner voluntarily uh, voids that contract, they can't do anything with us until 2010. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think that that is wise. Mm-hmm. We want what is best for our community. This buys them valuable time to get on top of the learning curve. They've got time now to not only investigate other online worlds, find out how they tick, find out how it works, find out what the community needs, and then go at this again from a very community-based standpoint, because we are the ones that keep it alive, they've got a great well, opportunity. If you, th- here. if you think about it, um, mm-hmm. the one of the leading online games uh, mm-hmm. for like shooters is uh, Counter Strike. Counter Strike is a completely fan-based effort, mm-hmm. and so that 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 speaks of you know how much life you could have mm-hmm. off of a fan-based movement. And and that's exactly it. We talked about last time how important it was to, to cash in on community. And I think this is a good way for them to regroup. I mean, they've got two years in which to learn. So I think this is very opportune. 
I don't well, know. Yeah, well, yeah, but Sherry, uh, don't let me, uh, you know, argue with you here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if there's yeah. one thing that we've learned from uh, Until Uru, it's that you don't need new content to have a lot of fun. Yeah, very you know? true. Good point, Morris. Absolutely good, great point. And, you know, <laughs> but the whole thing is, is that it's, I don't know, I think that, I, I prefer Cyan's involvement. I prefer to get that that very, very visionary feel that happens when Rand gets involved and when Rawa is there. I, I don't know. I, I would prefer it if we could see some sort of involvement just from a visionary standpoint uh, rather than an well, implementation standpoint. Let the gamers do the implementation, but let's get new information. Let's get new ideas coming from the man who came up with this fantastic canon. You know? so I think the most important thing, though, but, is just getting something back up first, though. You know, just yeah. get the community back, yeah, and then once you have the ability to make new content, then, you know, by all means, do it if you need to. I think the most important thing is just getting it back. You know, they've been through this so many times. You have the ability to have a chance to do so again with a publisher back. It's it's possible, uh-huh. possible that they may not have that opportunity again. They said they'll be working on small things from here on out, and I, what I imagine happening, hopefully, is that we'll have another until Uru, um, which will essentially give us access to the Miss Online Uru Live assets. Yeah, um, uh-huh. and. I th- I don't know if it's Sherry who who told me this or who said that they said that the the development procedure behind making the ages and the content for Miss Online or Live was so complex they're having trouble making tools that like anyone can pick up and just use. So has, has anybody seen uh, Ara Pots? Yeah, yeah, I haven't yet. I, I should get around to the thought. But Ara Pots is around. You know the CC though. I it, it would all have well, to be retooled for the new new stuff. Well, true, but like you know, if they if they gave that to Cyan and Cyan sort of imp- re-implemented it, you know, then we'd have our first truly, you know, it's a lot of work to re-implement. See, see, you're you're thinking of the gears moving in the direction that I'm thinking is not going to happen. I think it's going to go the other way. Hmm. It's that's really the way I think it'll play out if it does at all. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's about all we have. All right. So for TCT Talk, that wraps it up. And this has been... Alhan. Janathus. Morris. And me, Sherry. And we're signing off.
Hi, everyone. Wow, I didn't realize that we'd be back at this so soon after the closure of the cavern, but it sure is great to be back. This is Sherry for the Cavern Today Topside with my first segment from the surface. To be honest, I already had a piece prepared talking about one of those wonderful common sense traits I treasure so much, which is tolerance. I did have a whole diatribe written about how I think people should be more tolerant of other people's real-life lifestyles, but I shelved it for what I'll be talking about today, which is enjoying the adventure. A couple of weeks ago, my husband went on a business trip, and seeing as that I had some time on my hands, I decided to take a trip of my own. Just me, my shiny silver Prius, and some open road. I decided that it'd be fun to remember how much of a cavern dweller I am by undertaking an amazing journey. So I looked up on MapQuest to get a fair idea of how to get to Laguna Beach, California. So with maps ready to go, I woke up early in the morning, packed my bag, and headed out the door. As we all know about desert living, it's not good to be out in the Mojave in the middle of the day, so it's best to cross in the early morning or evening. Besides all that, I'm a little greedy. I wanted to be having lunch by the ocean, so I hit the road. Driving through the desert and singing along to the radio, I looked out the windows and I was looking plainly at what we are so used to seeing so often in our beloved online world. Yep, it was cleft terrain and plenty of it. The scrub bushes, the mountains, the Joshua trees, and for an Uruite like myself, it sure was homey. So I didn't want, mind one bit about looking around at the scenery. About two hours into my drive, on the horizon, well, there was a snow-capped mountain in front of me, and below it I could see what looked like a rusted-out factory. And sure enough, my eyes started to search high and low for the harvester, because I was swearing up and down that I might have linked straight to Urkana in the middle of things. Well, then the scenery started to green up in the third hour, and by the fourth I was looking at the ocean by some rocky cliffs. Later on that evening, as I watched the sun set on the ocean, sure enough, it was a Nolibin moment. I had a couple of great days in California before I started my drive back to Vegas. And sure enough, at about the halfway home mark of my trip, as I passed back into the desert, there was a bright flash of light that caught my eye. So I looked for what it might have been. And as Peter Gabriel's Burn You Up, Burn You Down started to play on my car radio, over on my left I spotted an Airstream trailer far in the distance, and sure enough it was parked by what looked like the opening to a mine or a cave. I laughed and thought, sure enough, sometimes you just can't help but hear the call. As I got home, I sat back very proud of myself that I undertook an amazing journey all of my own. But... That's what being from Uru is all about, isn't it? But then again, you know what? That's just me, of course. For the Cavern Today Topside, this is Shiri, signing off. As we close our podcast, we'd like to dedicate it to Wolfie. The entire community will miss your magnificent spirit. We'd also like to take time to thank all of the people who were responsible for this month's podcast. Anthony, for being our editorial producer and for his contributions to TCT Tech and TCT Talk. Miles, for the website, hosting, and of course his absolutely gorgeous podcast cover artwork. Janathus, for assembly, being my favorite boomkin in World of Warcraft, and for his contributions to the intro sketch and for producing TCT Tech and TCT Talk. Wolfgang, first part in the intro sketch, Morus, 
for his fabulous guitar work and his contributions and assembly of the intro sketch and for his contribution to TCT Talk, Dawkins Starbine for the news and his contribution to the intro sketch, Moog for the scripting and his contribution to the intro sketch, Alhan for his part in TCT Talk, Nareem for the four million ways he just keeps being Nareem, and for contributions to the intro sketch, TCT Talk, and that's just me, of course. This has been your host, Sherry. Thanks for listening, and until next time, we're signing off. Mm-hmm.